All right, welcome to another edition of the Big Blue Report featuring that guy, the two-time Super Bowl champion, Giants legend, and former defensive captain of Big Blue, Jonathan Casillas. Ryan Darlington, the professor with us, and I'm Randy Zellia from BackSportsPage.com. And gentlemen, it is Thursday night as we record this. Monday Night Football, the Giants host the Seattle Seahawks. We are one and two, uh, and we have some injuries that we're keeping an eye on. But, JC, let's react a little bit to what happened last Thursday night, a week ago from today, against the San Francisco 49ers. You were, you, I think you were the closest because you said about getting 14 points on the board. They got, I believe, 12 was 12. the number. They, yeah, yep. 12 was the number. JC, what, what happened here? Like, my biggest goal for them was to be competitive and in it. That's what we were all hoping for. They were blown out every statistical category you can think of. What happened here? Uh, man, you you saw, and I think Dallas Cowboys proved that in week one, that there's just levels, you know, and the Giants aren't on the level of the elite teams, which San Francisco 49ers clearly uh, are on. You know, Brock Birdie hasn't lost the game as a starter, fellas. Like, he carried over from last year. The one game he lost, he got hurt. He got, he got you know, his elbow had to get surgery on his elbow. He still played like a G. He still trying to come back and play like a G. You know, they got uh, the San Francisco 49ers team. They're loaded, bro. They got the best left tackle, the best running back, the best tight end, the best middle linebacker, the best pass rusher. And, of course, top three, all of those guys, of course. But, bro, they have – they're loaded at every position. They're really good on defense. They're coached very well. Uh, Ch- you know, Shanahan, he he's a winner. You know, his dad was a winner. Um, you know, and, and Brock Purdy, he doesn't have to be extraordinary because he has extraordinary playmakers that he gets the ball to. Debo Samuel looked like Debo Samuel of the old of him playing running back, wide receiver, any position that he wanted. And he did whatever he wanted to the New York Giants. And I think that was for a couple of reasons. I think, number one, we all saw the missed tackles the plethora of missed tackles that they had uh, on third downs, third, 12, third and 12, third and 15. So many different times the Giants were piss poor on third down, especially when it when it was advantageous for the defense in those longer down and distances. And then offensively, they didn't run the ball at all. They ran the ball 11 times, and they actually had a little bit of success scoring that rushing touchdown um, with, with Matt Breida. And the Daniel Jones run game really wasn't there, and – the left side of the line, of course, is, is hurt. Bredesen was out, and Andrew Thomas is out. Saquon Barkley's out. So arguably your two best offensive players are down. But at the same time, what's the philosophy of the New York Giants? What's the philosophy of a team that, you know, always ran the ball and had the play-action game off the run, off the run? You take that away when you don't even try. You take that totally away. So I think the, the game plan offensively got away from them, and that's why you saw such a difference in the score. Right. And then at the end, the guys couldn't tackle. And and I think that's because of number one, there was a lot of mental errors. It was some poor angles being taken, but it wasn't that max out effort that I felt like a lot of guys that were away from the play because missed tackles happens. But when there's two guys at the point of attack instead of one, the likeliness of them both missing the tackle goes down drastically. Right. It's not as close as because at the end of the day, these Running backs, these receivers, Debo Samuel is—he'll make anybody miss. Yep. You yeah. know, but when it's two, three guys, when there's guys 
ripping off of tackles backside, running people down. Like the Giants really didn't have people that were really anxious to get to the ball that wasn't involved in the play. And they basically let a lot of one-on-one tackles happen. And in this league, these guys get paid so much money and there's because they're so good offensively. They can make you miss. They can, you know, get, create angles because they're so fast and explosive. And the Giants just kind of let them, you know, have a whole bunch of one-on-one tackles in critical parts of the game on third downs, especially a little bit later in the game where they just blew the doors off the Giants. And you saw this such a lopsided score in 30 to 12. And if they would have tackled better, it would have been the score I predicted. It would have been around 23 to 12 because they would have still got to that extra, that last, what a, you know, one of those last touchdowns. But that last touchdown, it was just like, all right, they're just playing <laughs> yeah. off of these guys are not playing as hard as us. Not only we're better than them, they're not playing as hard as us. And they have to correct that or they won't win too many games, fellas. They won't win too many games. I think the stat that, that, kind of got me the most this week was looking at uh, one that said, I think 218 of San Francisco's, I think 400 yards on the day came after the catch. Right. And so when you're, when you, when literally half of your offensive yards come after the catch, that's, that's a major problem. And, you know, I think for the first time, well, it's not been the first time this year on the defensive side of the ball, it's the same kind of issues that we've, that we've seen. I mean, you would think, that even if we do have some offensive line issues and the offense is sputtering or whatever, that this vaunted front four, even though we didn't have Aziz playing, we had everybody else, um, that there would be some pressure, right? We blitz more than any team. I think I saw this almost ever, like almost ever. We blitzed 60 something percent of the time and that's unheard of. And we got nowhere. We got nowhere with it. And uh, you know, we keep hearing in the locker room, well, we just got to do better. We just got to do better. We just got to make plays. And yeah, that's true. But I mean, there seems to be, I think one of the things that makes me most concerned is that I don't see the same kind of fire as I did last year. I don't see the same kind of commitment. I don't see the same kind of let's play for each other and exceed expectations because we're all in this together and we're going to make it work as a group. And and not only that too, but guys, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you from what we were seeing I felt it was like a blueprint on how to get Daniel to stop running. And yeah. they, they, they made it very difficult for Daniel to run. I don't know that they they made it difficult for Daniel to run. I think Daniel had the stops put on it. I mean, two rushes for five yards. That's not Daniel Jones kind of numbers. And even when he was rolling out, you saw him looking down the field rather than tucking the ball and running. And I'm sure maybe part of that was to try and protect him, right? Knowing that it's, you know, Bosa and them boys that are going to be after him. But at the end of the day, you took apart a major, a major part of your offense by making us one dimensional, making us rely on a passing game that we didn't have time for. Yeah, no. And the other thing, too, by the way, Debo Samuel was so involved with absolutely everything in that game. He actually went over to the cheerleaders and actually started cheerleading with them as well. <laughs> he was sitting there doing the dance with them. Like, that's how much free time he had. I guess that's, I would, too. I mean, listen, yeah, yeah, let's listen. be honest. San Francisco, yeah. you know. Yeah, whatever works for you, my friend. Whatever works. <laughs> uh, listen, I'll be 100% honest with you, too. I was listening to the media sessions both after the game and listening to Dable on Friday and some of the players as well. They're questioning the tackling. And, you know, what else are they going to say? You know, I think one of the questions was, 
asked to Dable and Xavier McKinney, both gave the same answer. How, what, how are you going to improve the tackling? And they, they just said, we're going to tackle better. Like, what else are they going to say? You know, they have, yeah. it, you know, it's, you have to do a better job. But right now you are now entering the danger zone of which we were discussing. You know, we, we knew those first two out of those three games were going to be very difficult with the Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. But this that also makes the Seattle game a must-win game. And now, because you know what's coming right after that, you have the two tough AFC opponents in the Miami Dolphins who all of a sudden drop 70 points with two are throwing no-look passes right. to, his, to his guys. And then you have the Buffalo Bills, which looks like they've right the shift after the uh, opening game against the Jets. They've won their last two as well. So now... Things are not getting easier for the Giants. Oh, and by the way, did we mention they have a division game against the Commanders after that? And the Commanders are looking like they're playing well. So yeah. it's they got to right the ship, and they have to right the ship quick. We we all said the same thing. They have a better overall team with better players than they did last year. They have a more difficult schedule, and getting all those pieces to come up to that level that they played last year. They say the first three games can set the tone for the season. Well, they finished. They started three and zero last year with a great, exciting win against Tennessee to open the season. And then they had two games against teams that ended up being under 500 in Carolina and Chicago. Yeah. Much different this year. So it's a different tone that has to be set. And now that tone is being called desperation going into a Seattle game. Yeah, and it's early. We said they were in desperation with that Arizona game a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. They ended up pulling that one out. But we, understand, we understood how kind of front-loaded and back-loaded this schedule was. You know, and the Giants, I think they're sitting okay right now, given that they lost to the two teams that everybody thought they were going to lose to. You know, the, the I guess the one elite team in the San Francisco 49ers and the ever-so-talented Dallas Cowboys uh, team got them week one when they were fully healthy. Now they're they're not they're, – they're a shell of what they look like week one because of injuries, and that happened really quick. Um, you know, so, look, the Giants, they have to be able to win the games that they – that they can win, that they have a possibility of winning, and that is Monday night football against yep. Seattle. I think Seattle is a very tough team. I think they play in a tough division against uh, San Fran, and the Rams are, you know, they can score some points as well. Uh, but look, Geno Smith is playing some good football right now, you yep. know, and the Giants got to they gotta put some pressure on them, and that's where the Giants are hurting on defense. They're not putting pressure on quarterbacks. Yep. They're not getting off the field on third downs, and they're not creating takeaways. Right. That's what yeah. you, that's what you need to do when you want to pull an upset off, when you go want to beat a team that you're not supposed to be. Right. Yep. And the Giants are favored uh, at home uh, against against Seattle, which is OK. OK, cool. But they got to prove it. They got to yeah. prove it. There's a reason why they had so many uh, primetime games in the first half of the season. Yep. Right. They got to prove that as of right now, they're showing they're not on that top tier and they have the roster, I think, to do it. But the offensive line must get healthy, and the defensive line need to play like we know they can play yeah. because we've seen them before. We're not asking them to do anything we haven't seen. We want to see Dexter Lawrence be dominant, not disruptive. He's disruptive. But you were disruptive years ago when you first came in the league. You were dominant the last couple of years, and we need to see that. That's what the Giants need to see, and that will help these young corners out who I expect to make a lot of mistakes because they're rookies. Yeah. But the other guys – the Kayvon Thibodeau's, Aziz, get your ass healthy, bro. Let's go. He's the mm -hmm. most productive player we got on the entire defense. Right. Yeah. And he's and played he's not probably the least about you know, 
the Giants need to get healthy, and they need their ball players to play ball. Yeah, and 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 now Dexter Lawrence needs to play like a guy who just got that big extension. That's the guy. That's the <laughs> Not guy. Not even who they... that. Just play like you played like last year, bro. Play like, like we know you you're can. In the prime. Yeah, you're in your prime. Yeah. Just zero turnovers and two sacks in three games is not going to get it done. If you'd have told me, if you'd have told me any amount of time ago that we would be in a Wink Martindale defense and three games in, we have zero turnovers and two sacks. I would have told you you were crazy. I mean, that just seems, it seems it's to quote a great movie, inconceivable, right? That we would be in a situation where we've got the guys that, that we have and they're putting up goose eggs. I I never thought I'd ever, I never thought I would host a football show and get a Princess Bride. <laughs> I just want to go on You're record welcome. and say that I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Look, the other, the other part of this too is, you know, I I can't think that Julian Love was this, that big of a part of the defense where you lose him and the whole thing falls apart. No, I I, I have a hard time believing that. So, but, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the The problem is that it, there's no cohesion and the playmakers aren't making plays. Right. When playmakers make plays and they do what we know that they can do, the team comes together. Right. Positivity is what brings a team together. Sometimes negativity can do it. If you're all in a foxhole together and you got to kind of, you know, bow up a little bit and, and be there like for the each other. Like the second half of Arizona. Like right. the second half of Arizona. But listen, that happened. We've played one good half of football in three games. Right. I mean, if you think about it. And, and so that clearly wasn't enough to galvanize the unit to the point where they were going to do what they were supposed to do. So, I mean, Dexter, we know he can, to your point, JC, we know he can be dominant. We know that Leonard Williams can at least be disruptive. We know that Ashawn and Nacho can at least be disruptive. And they're just not being any of that. Kayvon Thibodeau is invisible, invisible. And, and that blows my mind for the level of talent that he has. I, uh, I have to laugh because, uh, Chris Buznani from the uh, Giants Insider put out a tweet saying Kayvon Thibodeau has to start showing his violent side. And I responded to the tweet saying, I think violence, the wrong word to use. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, no. He's like, you know, I don't mean like to go out there and be like violent. I said, I no, know. But aggressive. But, yeah. Aggressive. <laughs> like the thing is though, Kayvon, again, we, I'm sorry that we keep feel like we're going, but repeating about the same conversation we've had over the last two weeks about him, but he, it has to be the want. It has to be the one and show and show that he he has to start playing like a top ten draft pick, mm-hmm. a dom because top ten players are supposed to be dominant in what they yep. do, and sometimes they have to grow into that sure. when they go from college to the NFL. But we've seen little signs of it here and there, but it has to be consistent. Yeah, and it's and so not showing any the, consistency. You can say the same thing about Evan Neal on the right side, right? Yeah. I mean, high pedigree, high draft pick. And he's just struggling. And granted, look, Aaron, you know, Thomas, Andrew Thomas did struggled his rookie year as well, but he started to get his shit together in year two. And I'm just not seeing Evan Neal get, start getting his shit together to the point where people are starting to talk about, well, do you move him inside? Do you move him to a guard position and, and let uh, Azudu be right tackle, right? I mean, and it's, it's funny. I never thought I would say my, consider myself somebody who would think about that. Uh, but, you know, maybe. Maybe it's not something we need to think about doing. What do you, I mean, give me yeah, your well, impressions. I think it's a little too early to be making moves along the defensive line, mm. on the defense, offensive line. I think, I think you need to see him out there against Seattle and possibly the next few weeks. 
And then if he doesn't improve, then I think you go ahead and try to move him inside because he is a big man. And, uh, you know, guards are a lot, you know, a lot heavier sometimes and a lot top heavy. I think he's a little top heavy. I don't think he moves his feet that well. It looks like he's stuck in sand at times, which is you cannot do that at tackle. You can't do that nope. because you're going against the greatest athletes in the world, fellas. These defensive ends in this league and these pass rushers are insane athletes. And if you can't move your feet at left tackle or right tackle, yeah. you will get exposed. And that's what's been happening to him. And you could only do so much to protect a guy like that. Yeah. Because right. that changes your offense. Yeah. Right. And- We've been in jumbo packages way too often, right? When we put the bigs out there and that limits the number of receivers that you can get. So when you put the bigs out, you've got fewer receivers and you abandon the run. What are you left with? No, it's true. And look, I, I like Evan. He's a nice kid. But again, I want to remind you guys, we had these same types of conversations about Andrew Thomas when he first broke in the league. It wasn't until his last year or two where he was able to break out and be one of the best left tackles mm-hmm. in the league. So yeah, but he didn't it's, look it's, like Evan Neal looks like he got beat. Evan Neal's on the ground a lot. When yeah, I played, people was on the ground a lot. I mean, first round draft picks, first round draft pick. But besides that, if they're on the ground a lot, oh, he's not going to be here long. Because mm. people that go on the ground a lot, they can't play in the NFL. They can't play. You don't have the balance to play. You don't have the, you know, the, the dexterity yeah. to play in this league who is filled with, absolute mutants all over the field (laughs) and athletic ability. And like, you can't be on the ground, you know, like you you can't be, and he's always on the ground. People are throwing him. He's tripping and falling all over the place like that. I I didn't see that from Andrew Thomas ever. Really. He got beat. I'm going to, and then I'm going to make, I'm going to make the the realistic comment. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very real about it. Sometimes even if you get picked in the top 10, it just doesn't work out. Yeah. You see it with quarterbacks all the time. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's other uh, other thing I saw this week in the media uh, with, with articles and people on radio. People are starting to criticize Daniel a little bit, uh, and I'm not sure how fair it is at this point. He's a quarterback. Uh, it's fair, definitely fair. It's a quarterback. Okay. Why is that though? Like, so, like, just, he's the quarterback. What do you mean? He's the quarterback. No, but he doesn't have any time. He has but, no. He's got happy feet because he's always on his back. Yeah. So, but, 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 to fair, but to jump on JC's bandwagon and bring your vital point up to that, Ryan, uh, Eli had to say, We're going to fight today. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> uh, Eli, Eli had the same thing. His last, Eli's last four or five years, he had the same thing. But, but what I'm saying is, people like Dave Brown, again, I don't know why we, anyone's going to listen to Dave Brown. The guy, <laughs> he was the quarterback who took over for Phil Sims. We, we, we saw how well that, but like he's sitting there saying he doesn't see it from Daniel. A lot of other people are sort of criticizing Daniel's play. Again, obviously, when you're when you're playing when you're one and two and you've been playing the way like like, like you have been, JC's right. I'm just trying to figure out if some of this if some of this criticism is is warranted at yes. this point. He, yes, because he's a quarterback. They just made him the franchise quarterback. He's one of the highest paid players in the entire NFL, and he's not playing like it. And of course, they have a whole bunch of struggles along the offensive line. That's a direct correlation to his performance not yes. taking anything anything away from him but i'm talking about him specifically he is not his ball placement is not as as good as it was last year and you okay. can see that from a little bit high with waller who has the great catch radius right. uh, a little bit off behind guys a little bit low a little bit 
right? You're seeing that, and it's not enabling the the yak after the catch. And uh, Paris Campbell, I watched him do this in preseason. Dane Jones threw him a ball kind of on his hip. Paris Campbell looked like he was going to run for a touchdown. It was on that drive where they drove the ball way down the field. But he spun around the opposite way and had like a two-yard gain. That was supposed to be eight yards. Bro, that little bit of stuff mm-hmm. is, is, is stopping and stifling this offense that doesn't have time to throw the ball downfield. You have to rely on the dink and the dunks, the Darren Wallers over the middle, right? The Paris Campbell shake routes against linebackers, right? These are plays that are happening. Bro, Paris Campbell got like, I don't know, like seven or eight catches on a year for like 30 yards. Yeah, right, four yards a catch. You know, which is, okay, cool, you throw the ball to him five yards down the field, but the receiver and also the quarterback Needs, they had the ball have to be in the right place to enable the yak yardage, and it's just non-existent. And we know they can't go downfield. They did against Arizona Cardinals. They just popped that thing off in the second half, and you saw what could happen. But if you can't get to that, you yeah. have to rely on very accurate ball placement, which I saw Daniel Jones do last year. Yeah, He was very accurate between, between the hashes. He was throwing to Richie James, guys. You know what I'm saying? Richie yeah. James had some yak. You remember yeah, Richie James? For sure. He oh, was yeah. catching that ball and, and running after he caught the ball. How many receivers for this Giants during the season has caught the ball and broke a tackle or had yak yardage? It's only been like two or three times in three yeah. games, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And barely anything so in the first game. Yeah. For me yeah. personally, Daniel Jones, and I think he is this guy. How could I make this team better right now? Even though my O-line is half, I don't have my guy to hand the ball off to. How do I make this team better? That is the way he does it. Because if you don't have time to throw the ball downfield, that is not on Daniel Jones. Yep. Right. Right? But when you have time to get those quick passes out, Daniel Jones has something to do with the yak that's created off of those short dump-offs that are considered runs. Mm -hmm. Right? Sometimes, right? The uh, uh, the Rams. The Rams throw the ball 60 times a game, but he's throwing those accurate little, little passes to the yeah. running back. Bro, Seattle does it. They roll out a lot, and Fant and those tight ends, they sit right around the line of scrimmage, and Geno doesn't force it downfield. He throws it right to him, and he leads them. And they catch the ball in traffic, and they get like six or seven yards. That's what you're not seeing from right. the Giants this year. So personally for Daniel Jones, if he can improve with that, Yes, the O-line is a little effed up right now, right? Yes, the situation is not right who he's handing the ball off to, given that you had a top five guy, now you're handing off to Matt Breed. I love Matt Breed against Matt Breed, but he ain't Saquon, right? right. Yeah. How do I improve as Daniel Jones? Better ball placement for these little, in, these short, shallow routes and the intermediate routes to give my receivers chance to make plays. Yeah, and go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was just going to say, you know, as a counterpoint, I'm 100% in agreement that the accuracy that we saw last year, the pinpoint accuracy that we saw last year is not what we're seeing so far this year. One thing that I will posit, and it's not it's not necessarily an excuse, right? Because you're absolutely right. He is responsible for the throws that he makes, and they do have to be on time, and they have to be in the right place. I haven't seen him miss a lot of those, right? But I have seen him miss more than he has 
last year. And two of his four interceptions came off of balls that were placed properly and they just bounced off of the guy's hands, right? I mean, at the end of the day, there's not much you can do about that. I'm also, for the first time in the past year and some, uh, I'm wondering about the play calling, right? I mean, you've got, I talked about it before where you've got the jumbo set, right? And so um, you're not really in a position uh, if you don't run the ball, right? You're not in a position to scare anybody with your arm, right? You're not in a position to send two running back, two receivers out and have, you know, have the four defensive backs that are back there, right? Be intimidated by that, right? We gave up on the run against San Francisco, right? And it, at the very least, even if it's not being successful, at the very least, you keep pounding it and pounding it and pounding it so that at some point, some element of the defense is going to say, okay, they're going to run the ball again and try and give you, you know, try and cheat up a little bit, which gives you at least some space on the back end for Jalen Hyatt. I can't believe Jalen Hyatt didn't even have a target. Didn't have a target last game. And, and Brian, Randy, when did you ever see a great game from Daniel Jones that didn't involve him running the football? Yeah. Well, right. that's, but it that's never what I said. I've been fellas. Yeah. It has not happened. So, why? 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 Right. I look. <laughs> Why? Somebody tell me. Because I mean, how many times did they run the ball? Eleven. Eleven. Eleven yeah. times. Daniel had two of those for five yards. But and it's, I, I, I'm one hundred percent. I'm one hundred percent convinced, and maybe maybe I'm just wrong, but I'm one hundred percent convinced that he was told not to run, right? Either, you know, don't pull it down, throw it out, you know, try and try and throw it out of bounds or try and squeeze it into some receiver. There were so many instances where he could have pulled the defenders up a little bit if there was that threat of him running and he just didn't do it. And that's antithetical to his game. That's anti Jones. But also, but that's some, that's also some of the, the work that San Francisco did that took some of that away from him. They, they were they were ready for it because they know what Daniel is about. Daniel sometimes, or especially last season and a little bit so far this year, has been known as a run-first quarterback yeah. in certain situations, and that's yeah. because of of the way Dable's system is. Look, I think we're we're all in agreement. They have to sort of clean off the board and start from scratch because what they're doing right now no is not working. It's not working, and especially uh, Ryan. I told you this earlier, JC. You know how this Giants organization is on national TV. It is not their strong point. Mm-hmm. It is. It's just mm-hmm. not. It's just not their strong. Prime time. The prime time games. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones is like one in eleven. Yeah, that's yeah, that. yeah. I, I, that's my one. One of my biggest worries. And not only that, but Seattle's playing okay. Uh, Seattle's. See, uh, yeah. But this is where it's not just prime time games. Who are the Giants playing in these prime time games? They're playing most likely elite teams. teams. Seattle's not an elite team, but they're they're really good, right? The Giants won some of those games last year against those really good teams, not elite teams. They lost every game last year to elite teams, right? Mm -hmm. But this year, the Giants are losing right now, like really badly to elite teams. Like they they're not Mm -hmm. even on the same page as them, you know, in the two teams that they played this year, and you know. The half of the Arizona Cardinals, fellas, I was writing our obituary. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was like, what am I going to talk about after this game? What yeah. am I going to say to them? I can't be honest. I'm just going to be lying to all of the fans because the, my honest opinion is that these dudes suck. Yeah. It's bad. After six quarters, of course. Yeah. 
Then that's all what we thought they could have did yes. for the last two quarters. And I wait, was wait, wait. Happy. What, uh, Ryan, <laughs> what, was the line I, what was the line I gave? The Danny Green? We were who we thought we were. Yeah. Oh, right. Wait, what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. We right. are who they are. I mean, what? look, you said it, JC. We, we have to win winnable games, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we have to take every opportunity. And, and this Seattle game represents something major for this team. It represents an opportunity after quite a bit of rest, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they've had they've had a long time to kind of lick their wounds a little bit and right the ship in terms of you know individual play and motivation and whatever else they need to do. Uh, but this is an opportunity for them to go out in prime time and make a statement that we're going to fight and we are going to win the games that we are able to win because our guys are going to make the plays that we expect them to make. Yeah, it's. Seattle's not going to be easy. Geno Smith is playing very yeah. good football. But that's um, why, yeah, sorry. That's no. why this is one that they need, right? Yeah. In order to, if, if only to gather the confidence that they need to move forward as a team, to bind themselves as a team, right? You can rally around a win a lot, a lot easier than you can rally around a humiliating defeat, right? And JC, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, you've been on teams that have been on both sides of those. When you're, when you've come off a really hard fought, good win, you're in a much better place than if you're trying to get your shit together as a team after a, after a wicked bad loss. Yeah, and for me, it's – I hate to use this word because I don't want to say, like, I don't think they're playing hard. It's not that. Is the effort, you know, like those missed tackles, man, that's not, like, technique. It's fundamental. That's, that's not, like, they don't know how to tackle well. Right. It ain't that. <laughs> it ain't that they don't know how to tackle well. Right. You know, like just that they didn't tackle well. What does that come down to? That's Mm -hmm. effort, fellas. That's heart. That's determination. That's grit. I'm going to get this guy down no matter what. I expect them rookies to go ahead and try to tackle running backs with one arm. But they've been in the league for years. Don't do that. You can't Mm -hmm. tackle these guys like that. They're too big. They're too strong. They're too powerful. Wrap these dudes up, bro. You know, so for me, it's like the effort of – saying i'm going to bring these guys down i saw um mcfadden have a horrible game against the cardinals yeah. and then he responded uh last week in the 49ers he still missed like three or four tackles yeah right you know but, but, I, but saw he made 10. Yeah. I saw him respond <laughs> i saw him yeah. take that game personal yeah and he, he had four tackles for loss he led the team in tackles like he had a pretty good game still too many missed tackles for me yeah, uh, you know that because yeah. against good teams like I mean you're gonna play DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba. Like Kenneth Walker is a dog. You and he will make you miss. Yeah. He's gonna make really good players look very silly on Monday night because he's good, just like Saquon. These guys. That's why I keep telling about like and I love when I talk to like the casuals. And they talk about, oh, why you can't bring him down? You try to tackle this guy <laughs> in space, you will never. Yeah. You can never do it. Right. They're so talented. They're fo- They're so fast. They're so explosive. They got a guy like me who's been tackling for years and years. They will make me look silly, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so talented. And it's not just Kenneth Walker. It's not just Saquon. Charbonnet, whatever their backup running back is, he's a big, strong, powerful running back that can move as well, right? And you got, is it? It's effort, but it's this heart that yeah. goes into tackling these guys. Yes, yeah. I know he can break my tackle. I don't care. I'm going to yeah. hit him as hard as I possibly can. 
grab a leg or whatever I can and gator roll, whatever I got to do to get yep. this guy down. And I don't see that. I got to do whatever I got to do attitude for the Giants. They're it's not, interesting. They're Go not ahead. getting off blocks as, mm -hmm. as much as they supposed to because, bro, if one person missed a tackle and, and they break for 30 yards, that's not supposed to happen. Right. Now. There's guys that are not getting off of tackles. It's not just the guy that missed the tackle. It's guys that are chasing defensive linemen that are not shedding and allowing themselves to get held. And it's not just the deal. I'm not picking on nobody. It's a collective yeah. F up effort that they yeah. that they showed. They showed it against uh they showed it against Dallas Cowboys. The first half was piss poor against the Cardinals. Cardinals beat them up badly in that mm -hmm. first half. Mm -hmm. And then we saw it against the 49ers. Now the two teams are not argue they're better than the Giants, 49ers and the Cowboys, but they're playing harder than the Giants. Yep. You said it. And and it's this is the word I've been looking for, right? Is it the heart? Is it the fire? What is it that's missing that I don't see this year that I did see last year? We talked about it so much last year. The grit, how yeah. gritty they were, and that's what ended up making the, the tides turn and having some of those. Uh, having some of those balls go our way, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that's that seems like that grit is what's missing from this squad. Definitely, definitely is. Uh, real quick, guys, uh, let's let's smile. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have a smile. Let's smile. Me and Ryan got all fired up. I'm yeah, right right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like, we we need the grit. Ah, okay. Um, uh. Let's let's um real quick let's give our predictions for for Monday night. Yeah, uh, we're gonna start with Ryan this week, okay, and uh, and then we're gonna move on to something a little bit more fun because guess what? I think it's trivia time. Oh, it's trivia day. Trivia I like day. it. I like it. it. Uh, all right, but let's do our predictions. Uh, yeah. Predictions. Predictions are brought, brought to you by our friends over at StreamYard. Uh, we've we just switched over to StreamYard from Zoom, and man, do we love doing this show uh, through StreamYard. Check out all the details if you want to start broadcasting live at StreamYard.com. All right, J, uh, Ryan. Yeah. We'll go Ryan, Ryan, JC, then me. Let's let's hear what you got, Ryan. Go for it. All right. So uh, <laughs> against my better instincts, I'm going to pick for the Giants this one. Um, I'm going to say that uh, you, you know, JC, you're absolutely right. They've got. They've got some major players on the offensive side of the ball. Lockett, Walker, all those guys, even Charbonnet, right? I mean, they're going to put up some points. And, and especially if uh, there isn't a marked and immediate improvement on the defensive side, they're going to put up some points. So uh, I do think we have the ability to uh, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Seattle Seahawks. Um I do think that the line will play better. I think there's some consistency in there, especially if we get Thomas and Bradison back. I think we're looking at a Giants win 27-24. So Seahawks scored 37 points the last two weeks mm. each night. And it was a collective effort defensively, uh, special teams, and offensively, of course. They're moving that ball up and down the field. I just don't see them right now. Uh, Seattle getting stopped and mm. stymied by this d defense from the Giants. So I see them scoring into the 30s. Yeah. Let's call it 30. Let's call it 30 even. I just don't think the Giants' offense can score 30 points right now. And their defense, they can't slow an offense down that is, I think, as talented with a great decision maker in Geno Smith. I got to give him his props. He's a great decision maker. 
Uh, I think he's revitalized his career. He was once down in the dumps and hated by New York media <laughs> for both franchises. <laughs> and he's revitalized. He has those guys playing very well. Pete Carroll has always had a great tackling team. So I think they're going to be able to keep the Giants under 30. So let's go 30, 24, Seattle. And for me, the Giants got to show me more for me to start picking them again. They got to show me more. I'm going to be as fair as I can when I think about these games. But as of right now, the Seahawks are a good team and the Giants aren't. They can prove me wrong. I hope they do. They can prove me wrong. But that requires them to get the – the Seahawks under 30 and for them to score in the high twenties, that's the way they'll win this game. It's not going to be trying to score with Seattle. They can't do it. So JC, I'm sorry. What was your number? One more time. 30, 34, 30, 30 to 24. 30 to 24. Okay. Uh, For me, I I look at also as a pride thing. I think Brian Dable is trying to get his troops to understand not just the football side of it, but, the mental side of it and trying to get them back on track because now it's not that they're, you know, three and oh, four, four and oh, or three and one, four and one, like they were last year. Now you have to try and pick up the, from the tough moments. So with that being said, I think the giants are going to come out and play with some pride on, on Monday night. I don't know if it's going to equal a victory. Seattle's been putting up a lot of points. I think they're going to play better. I'm going to go 31, 24 Seattle. I think that the giants are going to put put up a good, uh, a good showing, but I still think at this point they're not ready to show that they have to show us that they're ready to take that next step and be able to be it's for us, for them to be in that conversation that we were putting them in during the preseason, they have to play a lot better. And right now they, and like, like you guys have been saying, they've only played one good half of football so far and it's just, hasn't been there and they need to, they need to do it. All right. Trivia time. And And JC, who sponsors the trivia? Your 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 food truck. Your food oh, truck. Yeah. Sorry, Food Expression. <laughs> we got the, the jerk chicken on deck. We got the uh, weak in the knees macaroni and cheese. Nice. Um, yeah. Follow us on Food Expressions with yes. the X and the Z. All right, get to the trivia. Come on. <laughs> Let's go around. All right. It's a <laughs> it's a Giants it's a Giants Seahawks question. Ooh. It's a tough, it's a, it's a deep question. So here it is on the board. Here it comes three, two, one, boom. And the Giants win in Seattle back in 2010. Eli Manning completed 21 of 32 passes for 290 yards, three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Who was the team's leading receiver in this game? So you're ready. I'm going to give you your choices because there's no way in holy hell you guys are going to know this. Off the top of head. <laughs> is it a... Mario Manningham. Mm. B. Hakeem Nix. C. Steve Smith. Or D. Kevin Boss. Ryan, your answer first. I'm picking names out of a hat here. <laughs> I think it's going to be the man with the hands, Hakeem Nix. Locking it in. Okay. JC, your answer. I'm, I'm going Steve Smith. Circle meets the square. Ryan Darlington hey! gets the point this week. Boom. Oh, I got to love awesome. it. Well, at least somebody got it because you've been, you've been getting us. <laughs> They've been stumping us. You've been getting us the last few weeks, bro. 
I'm glad, awesome. he, I'm glad he got it. Like, like if he would have said Mario Manningham, then you would have said Steve Smith. I would have been like, oh. uh, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the quarterback in 2000? <laughs> Who was the third string quarterback who had to come in? Hey, hey, you know, JC Lorenzen. The hefty lefty. <laughs> hefty lefty, baby. The Pillsbury throw boy. How about it? Uh, JC, I had two questions for you from when you played with the Giants on two different games. Um, the first one, I think we talked about the losing the four wide receivers game against the Chargers in, yep. in 17. Correct me if I'm wrong. If we, 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 did, we, did, we did discuss that. The other question game I had a question for you because I know you were on the field for it. Can you talk about the Josh Norman Odell game mm. from what you saw? Because that was a pretty intense game against the Carolina Panthers. Bro, do you have any memories of that one? Yes, I do. It, it, we couldn't see, like, the TV copy was like, <laughs> when I saw what they were really doing, I was like, yo, how did the refs allow this to happen? Bro, it was, bro, that was, they were just fighting, of course, right? They were doing the fight, really fighting on the field, right? But then they were taking like very like malicious cheap shots at each other too, bro. Like that's why I was like, all right, this is getting out of control. Both of the guys, right? Odell being, you know, 17 years old at the time, <laughs> the, the rock star of New York. Like, yeah. you know, he he for me, he was a young, he was a young kid that was allowed to be emotional and not checked no one checked his emotions they just let it happen because he was so good and he he would respond he would get all fired up and mad and crying probably and he scored 70 yard touchdown run all the way up the sideline with his hair out like you was like yo let him let him be right but then it kind of blew up in his face our faces when stuff like that was happening we should have stopped that early i say we because i was a captain even though like I'm on the, I'm watching on the big screen, you know what I'm saying? Like while I'm playing, like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sitting here trying to worry about stopping, you know what I'm saying? The quarterback and the running back, and they they over there fighting. I'm like, yo, everybody, like yo, look at yo, they really out there like wilding on each other, and nobody stopped it. So it was chaotic, bro. Like it was it was straight madness. It was chaotic, and then I watched each individual clip from the TV or social media wherever I watched that. And I'm like, yo, they were doing all of this during the game? That was insane. I've never seen anything like it. And the thing is, we're never going to see nothing like that ever again. No, There's nothing going to be was... like that ever again. It was a one. They were fighting one-on-one the entire game. <laughs> there, was two thi- there was two things. One, I was in the box for that one. I was in the press box. And everyone was like, will they just throw both of these guys out of the game already? Can we just do that? Yeah. Odell got the last laugh. Odell got that touchdown and stepped over him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, we also felt, and in, 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 that was a tough loss to the Panthers that that game. Yep. I I I remember sitting there saying to a couple people, and and I I didn't want to be right, but I felt like that was the game where that was the ceiling of the ceiling of the fate of Tom Coughlin because mm-hmm. people were just like Tom can't control Tom Tom can't control him, and that was a big that was a big thing was. You, the, the way the games were being lost that year, everything was like on the last possession. There was the Patriots game, the Panthers game, the Jets game. There were so many different games that season. That was a rough year because defensively yeah, we weren't rough... good. Defensively we weren't good. Offensively they actually were really good. 
uh, Eli Manning, uh, uh, Jennings, Darkwood running the ball. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they the Giants did very well offensively, but defensively, we stunk it up. We were not good defensively at all. And the if I'm not mistaken, that was my first year there. That was Coughlin's last year. Coughlin finished with three six and ten seasons in a row. Wow. So, yes, that might have been the pin in the coffin yeah. because you can't keep losing in New York. You can't. You can't do it. You're not going to last long. Cough, bro. Coughlin was on a hot seat when I was younger. Every year. Yep. Yeah. The year they won the Super Bowl, he was on the hot seat. The following year, he yeah. was on the hot seat. <laughs> like, yeah. New York, damn, we don't have no patience for none of that. That's why. Good luck, you did Jack that, Wilson. Yeah. Good luck again for the yeah. for the th- the third year, but the second year in a row as you're the guy now. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> you, know, you know, and it's and it's funny you said that. The, doesn't that when you when you say that three six and ten seasons in a row, but even after Super Bowl wins, Coughlin was still in the hot seat. Doesn't that feel like Phil Jackson? <laughs> when you look back at that, <laughs> Phil Jackson's like, we just won the NBA championship. Do I still have a job? Right. <laughs> See, that was a little different. That was more like one player was like, yeah, I want this coach out of here. Have mm-hmm. it be the Black Mamba, right? But it, it was the players like Coughlin. Yeah. You know, like the players like, at least I did. You know, I, I, I had nothing but respect for him. And, and you know, for me, like, I can adapt to anything I feel like. You know, as long as you let me compete, as long as you you treating everybody fair, and that's the thing, he was just tough on guys, bro. He just held people accountable. But you're a professional athlete, you know. You're getting paid millions of dollars for a reason. Uh, people want to, you know, people in the eighty thousand people are in the stands to watch us play, bro. Show up to work on time. Do your job, bro. Be accountable, you know, and stay. Try to stay as healthy as you can, you know. And if you get hurt, try to get back as fast as possible, given that you actually care about this game. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, and for me, I like I always feel like. It's a collective effort. It's not just the head coach's job. It's the players included. And when people get fired and we have bad seasons, that's everybody's fault. Yep. We is greater than me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, JC, before we uh, we take off, we obviously know what the Giants' schedule is and what's on the line this weekend. What time on Monday do you hit the airwaves with uh, Lance Meadow? What time is kickoff? Uh bop, 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 bop. Let me see. If kickoff eight fifteen, eight fifteen start. Eight fifteen. Eight fifteen. So six fifteen uh, on WFAN uh, will be on. And then if you're at the stadium, you know, come pay us a visit. You know, give us a little shout out. You know, shout out back sports page. You know, and uh, yeah, man. I'm listen. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'll be so emotionally involved in these games, guys. And I know y'all feel me too. But For like, sure. I'll be up there with Paul Dettino. His ass be going crazy too. <laughs> oh no, Paul! I I learned I learned a long time ago. Don't talk to Paul on game days. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I like I, like I see him. I see him in the lock. Because you know what I know it you is? Do. Paul is so smart. Like he knows a lot about the game. Like when I say he knows a little bit more about the game. For, for not being a player, then I would ever give anybody credit. Like, he knows so much, bro. Like, yeah. I learned a lot from him. He, mm. he tells me about things that, like, in terms of, oh, remember, uh, not remember, but when Saquon got the deal after he was franchise tag, I was like, I thought he was franchise tag. I don't think Paul was like, oh, no, there's a little loophole. I'm like, bro, how do you know that? <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, he, knows, he knows things no. like that. So, no, no joke. next to him, and I know, I know what I'm looking at. He knows what he's looking at. 
and we just kind of bounce our perspective off each other. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I like I like sit with Paul. I don't really no offense, Randy, but like I I got comfortable with Paul. I was just gonna say, Randy, like, come and sit with a come sit with a couple of chumps on down here. here. <laughs> What'd you say, now, Ryan? I'm like, you go straight from there to sitting with a couple of chumps down here. This is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I invite JC. I invite JC to sit in the front row with us because nice. we're all sitting there, and and he's like, no, nah, I'm gonna nah, sit I'm up good, here. Bro. I, I I'm but I will tell you something about Paul. Funny story. In 2019, you know, they drafted Daniel. And uh, I remember camp started and everything. And I said to Paul, I'm at training camp, I said, so what do you think of Daniel? I said, it doesn't matter what we think of him. He's going to be starting by, by minimum of week five. Mm. And I said, really? He says, unless Eli comes out and sets the world on fire. That lights it up. Daniel, Daniel's going to start by week five. Mm-hmm. And he, he was starting by week three. Yeah. So, yep. so Paul, Prophetic. Paul knows, man. Yeah. Paul, Paul knows, man. Shout out to him. He's, there. he's, he's, he's great. And, and by the way, and shout out to JC and the crew there with Brandon London and uh, yeah. Madeline Burke. They're all, they're a very, very good crew and they're, they're the best at what they do. I can't, you know, Madeline is so smart and Brandon is such a great personality inside the stadium. Brand, Brandon said he'll come on our show and, and hang out hey, with us, uh, one time. Let's so do that. I definitely love to have him. All right, guys, that's it. We're, we're we're at we're we're out we're, we're out done. we did a great job this week <laughs> check out the show every week on all your podcast platforms yeah we're done we're done say it one more time yeah, say we're it one more time. Time. hey are we done are we done we're, we're done hey we're done we're done <laughs> <laughs> for ryan darling jonathan casillas i'm randy zelia we'll see you next week right here on the Big Blue Report featuring that guy, Jonathan Casillas. See you next time.